You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast, and I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coaches. It's Chrissy from Buzzing with Miss B, and I'm so glad you're here with me for episode 20, How to Respond to an Angry Teacher. It happens, right? This episode is going to address this very real issue of giving you ideas for responding when a teacher is in attack mode, because it does happen. I have had my share of angry teachers. I think we all have, right? Um, We all have them. And here's what happened to me on a, a really difficult day. Uh, as an instructional coach. I was sitting in my office one day after school. It was probably around five or so, so I'd been there for a while. And this teacher appeared in my doorway um, and and he sort of attacked me. You haven't helped me, he said. You've been helping Mr. Arseniaga, but not me. And I was like, what do you mean? I had no clue where this was coming from because I had worked with them as a grade level and I had helped both of these people. Um, and he said, you told him about mentor sentences and you didn't tell me. And you know, I've been struggling with grammar and you didn't help me at all. And so I tried to stay calm and I tried to reflect on my number one rule, which is don't do anything you'll regret because that can be the reason that someone won't work with you next time, right? That can be used against you. And so I apologized. I said, I'm sorry. I did share those strategies with you when I modeled in your classroom. Um, I'm sorry that you're upset. And I wasn't sure if that was the right thing to say, right? Because who knows how that was going to impact the teacher. And he was he was very frustrated and he just kind of stormed out of the room. And so I just sat there in shock. I mean, I had modeled in this classroom. I had integrated these practices and I had worked with him just like everybody else um, during PLC. Whenever we planned together, I'd given him every resource the other teachers had as well and even prepared professional development, you know, with him in mind. So, you know, I, I was feeling at a loss, right? I felt attacked and I was really upset and it took me a while to calm down. You know, my hands were shaking. My heart was racing. I don't think anybody likes being in those situations. And so it can be a very stressful place to be. Another time, um, and this one I actually was given a warning about, <laughs> I had, uh, we were using an assessment kit at the end of the school year and there was a deadline for each grade level to finish using the kit and to pass it on to the next grade. And so um, one teacher had a large class and this teacher was concerned that they weren't going to finish their assessment in time. And so I, you know, made sure that we had plenty of buffer time in the calendar. So I wasn't concerned about it. I was like, well, even if this person gets their data turned in late, it's not the, I'm, I have no problem with it. I know that, that they've got a lot of kids. So the kit that was being passed from one grade to the other did not get passed on, okay? So it arrived like a day or two late. And we were still well in advance of the deadline. There was plenty of time to get the assessment done. So I wasn't worried. But this teacher stormed into my room one afternoon and they were pacing back and forth and like shaking things in their hands and just very upset and saying things like, um, there is, you have to talk to this grade level. You cannot hold me accountable for this deadline if I don't have my kit. And their voice was very angry. And I said, I can understand why you're upset. And I don't, I don't have a problem being reasonable with this. We can move the deadline if we need to. It's really no trouble. 
And the teacher kind of paused and I think they were surprised. I'm not sure if they thought I was going to be upset as well. I don't know. Um, and I said, you know, we'll address, I'll address it with the other grade level and make sure you get what you need. And they were like, well, yeah, because this is just unreasonable and I am not going to be able to get it done in time. And I said, okay, that's fine. We can move your deadline. No big deal. You're the last one with a kit, so I'm not worried about it. And uh, they stormed out. <laughs> so those were a couple of my experiences that um, two totally different situations, completely different situations, completely different people. But my number one rule is the same. And you are accountable for your response in this situation. No matter what that teacher is saying, you are accountable for your response. If someone comes at you with ugly words, if someone comes at you with an ugly demeanor, you cannot respond in kind. No matter what that teacher does or says, you are held to a different standard because your work is to support teachers. They're not there for you. They're there for the kids, but you are there for them. So you have to be able to support them. And if they hate your guts, <laughs> you won't be able to do it. So it makes it hard. Every word that comes out of your mouth is either building a bridge to the teacher or tearing the bridge down, right? And when that bridge is already shaky, it's even more important that you very carefully choose the planks that you want to add to it right? So I have a couple of different ways for you to think about responding to an angry teacher. Um, and that's whether it's in writing or in person. So let's talk about in person first, and then we'll talk about how to respond to an angry teacher in writing, okay? Um, and I actually have a really great resource for you if you are struggling with teachers who are behaving in this way. Um, it's on the blog, buzzingwithmissb.com, in the show notes for this episode, episode number 20. And it's called Coaching Resistant Teachers, the 5 Day Plus One Challenge. And I have mentioned it in a couple of episodes because I just believe it's so valuable and I've gotten such good feedback from it. So definitely head to buzzingwithmissb.com, check out the show notes for episode 20, and register for that jet challenge because it's going to include little videos sent straight to your inbox and a great handout that's going to help you work with teachers who have been really resistant to you in the past. Okay. Hey coaches, I'm just going to pop in here really fast because I want to share something with you that I am so excited about. My course for elementary literacy coaches, The Confident Literacy Coach is live. It's up and running and you can get access to it right now. So here's the deal. When I started out as a coach, I struggled. I had trouble defining my role and communicating it with teachers and administration. And I honestly didn't even know that was something I was going to have to do. I dreaded PLC days because getting my teachers to collaborate, to speak the same language and create lesson plans together was a total nightmare. And I was so stressed out by modeling and co-teaching in classrooms that I actually avoided it for a long time. It was not a happy time for me, <laughs> but things got so much better. I figured out processes to help my teams of teachers work together. I focused on best practices in reading and writing and identified some high impact strategies to support alignment on my campus. And I began to spend more time in classrooms after I planned thoroughly with teachers before lessons. Basically, I started coaching with confidence. This work and I've put it all together in one place so you can coach with confidence too. The Confident Literacy Coach is your one-stop shop for everything literacy coaching in elementary school. You'll learn how to define your role and communicate it to your administrator, what best practices you should spend your time on, and my process for collaborative planning, plus so much more that will take your coaching life from frustrated and overwhelmed to effective and confident. You can check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com. Just click the Confident Literacy Coach at the bottom of the latest post and you'll learn exactly what's in the course and why it will change your coaching for the better. I can't wait to see you there.
So let's talk about how to respond to an angry teacher if the person is coming to you in person, okay? My first tip is know your triggers. What is it that really gets under your skin, okay? So one of the things that really gets under my skin is whenever people imply that I haven't helped them or that I haven't provided them with the tools that they need to do their job. Whenever people misinterpret my intentions, those things just eat me up because I know what my intentions are. And I I have a catalog in my brain of all the things that I've done and actually in my binder of all the support that I've provided. And so when someone implies that I haven't done something for them, that really bothers me. But knowing that can help me think through it whenever a teacher approaches me and says something that is inaccurate. So if a teacher comes to me and is very upset and starts implying that I haven't provided support, my natural reaction would be to say, I've done this, this, and this, right? But is that going to help? Probably not. In that moment, that teacher is not looking to be um, corrected. (laughs) They are telling you how they feel. So whether you have supported them or not, they feel unsupported. That doesn't mean that you are a doormat. It doesn't mean that people can walk all over you and say unkind things. But if that if that's the direction that you choose, if you choose immediately to defend yourself and say, I've actually done all these things for you, that's probably not the best way to handle that situation in the moment. Okay? It's just going to create a bigger rift because they feel like you're not listening, which takes me to my second tip. Listen. Really listen to what they are expressing. Try to listen beyond the words to the intention behind those words. If they say you haven't done anything to help me, it might not be that they don't think you've done anything. It might be that they don't feel helped. They're still stuck. They're still frustrated. And that can be more about themselves than about you. Okay? So that actually takes me to my next tip. Remove yourself from the problem. I don't mean physically. I don't mean walk out. (laughs) But I want you to think about whatever issue they're talking about and don't insert yourself into the issue if you're not there. This has happened to me many times. People have walked into my room very upset and my first thought is, what have I done? What did I do? But they're not angry at me. They're angry at a situation that doesn't involve me. And in my, even though I know I had nothing to do with that, I feel like they're upset at me. And that is my own projection, right? That is my own probably... Um, personality trying to interject into there to solve problems and to feel like it's my problem and I have to fix it. And it's not. Okay. So we have to pull ourselves aside and say, are we really involved in this? Are they upset with me? Are they upset at something that I did? Or are they just upset? And then that way we can really listen to their intention. Okay. Tip number four is state what you can observe. So As you're doing these things, you're listening, you're removing yourself, you're not putting yourself into the problem. You can say something along these lines. I can see that you're very upset or I can see that you're feeling frustrated. Can you tell me about what's going on? That basic statement is just stating what you can see, right? You're not trying to assign blame. And then you're asking for more information. Can you tell me more about that? Can you tell me more about why you're upset? And they will still continue to be upset. That's not like an, a, a magical diffuser, right? They don't suddenly go, oh, I feel so much better now that you're ready to listen to me. <laughs> but it's a step in the right direction because it shows that you care and that you're listening and that you're ready to hear what they have to say. Tip number five is steer the conversation towards working towards a solution, okay? So you've pulled yourself out of the problem, but you have to identify what the problem is. 
You're stating that you can see they're frustrated and you're asking them to tell you more about it. You really have to listen. And then once you feel like they're in a place where they could talk about solutions, then you can say, what can we do? How could we make sure this doesn't happen again? Or what is it that you need from me? That's something my husband says a lot when I'm upset. What can I do? What can I do, honey? And that is probably the best thing that he can say. (laughs) And possibly the only thing that he can say (laughs) in that moment. So say, what can we do? What can we do to make this better? What can we do to work on this? How can we keep this from happening again? Ask a question that will help you drive towards a solution. Tip number six is acknowledge if it's not going anywhere and then ask if you can set a date to meet and work through this issue together. Sometimes in that moment, people are just too upset. They are just so frustrated and there's nothing you can say or do in that moment that's going to work towards a solution, which is what you need to do, right? So instead of of doing that and just, you know, trying to (sighs) scream into the void, (laughs) ask them if you can set a date and say, you know what, I know you're really upset about this and I believe we can figure something out. Why don't we look at this again on Wednesday at nine o'clock during your conference time and we can figure out what to do? Because if you're just spinning your wheels in that moment, you're not going to get anywhere. And the person actually could just end up angrier because they feel like they haven't accomplished anything out of the anger. And sometimes it takes a lot to work yourself up to that point to where you're going to go and yell at somebody. So definitely reschedule if you feel like that's going to be a better way to address the issue. Okay. My last tip for how to handle, handle an angry teacher in person is really important. If you feel threatened, you have the right to say, I do not feel comfortable with this conversation. I would like to meet with you at a different time when we can both speak calmly about this. So if you feel attacked, if you feel like you are being threatened or like your space is being invaded or you can't really trust the person and their um, actions, if you feel like it's going to take a bad turn, you're allowed to say that. You can say, I don't feel comfortable with this conversation at this time, but maybe we can talk about it at a different time. And you can contact your administrator if you really feel like it's an issue. If, you know, trust yourself. And if you really feel threatened, you're allowed to say, you know, Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so, I would like to have you um, at my meeting with this teacher because I really felt threatened by their actions the other day. And write it down. Write down anything that really makes you uncomfortable. It never hurts to have a file. Um, if something should go badly in the future. Terrible, but true. So those are my tips to um, addressing a teacher in person who's really angry. But what do you do whenever it's in writing? Okay. Um, So sometimes you will get an email from a teacher and it is clearly angry and clearly upsetting and it makes you angry too. Have you ever had those where you read it and you're like, it is Sunday evening and this person sent me this and you are like through the roof upset. We just can't respond in kind. We cannot do it, especially in writing. It is going to be there to haunt you for the rest of your career. Okay. So I have four tips for helping you think about how to respond in writing. And I really think they're valuable. The first one is, again, know your triggers. If you read something and it accuses you of something and that really triggers you and sets you off, be aware of that because you have to register how upset you are and whether you're ready to respond to this this situation, okay? So that takes me to my second tip, which is wait to respond. Never respond on your phone to an angry email. 
If someone sends you an angry email and you pick up your phone and you read it on your phone and then you're immediately clicking away with your thumbs and you're going to respond, your response is going to be irate and terse and you are going to escalate the problem and possibly implicate yourself. (laughs) Do not respond on your phone. Instead, wait to respond till the next day or later in the day when you've had time to calm down and you can reread that email and make sure that you're interpreting it the same way. Because sometimes something pushes our buttons in the moment and then we read it again later and think, "Mm, maybe I need to interpret that a little differently. Maybe that is not exactly what they meant. So definitely hold off on that because you don't want to respond in a moment because you can never get that back. This is my third tip, and this is gold. If you've never done this, I totally recommend it. I have done it so many times, and it has saved me. Instead of emailing a response to the person, first, email it to yourself. So write out your response, paste it into your email box, and then email it to yourself. Open it later on your phone or on your computer and read it and see what you see. I don't know why this works. It doesn't make any sense. You should be able to just reread it before you send it. But it's different when you open an email and you read it from top to bottom. It has kept me from sending things that could have been misinterpreted or that could have been read aloud in a way that was not flattering so many times. So email it to yourself Open that email up, read through it, and you will be shocked sometimes at what you find (laughs) that you were sending that you thought was totally fine in the moment, but now you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm glad I didn't send this out. The last one is don't get dragged into bickering via email. You really, if you're sending an email back and then they send an email back and then you send an email back and and you've got this thread that's like 17 emails long, that is purposeless, guys. That's not going to get you anywhere. You need to set a date and time to talk in person. And I know that can be scary and you might want to avoid that because at least an email you have time to think and you can process and respond slowly and carefully. But I really wouldn't recommend getting dragged into an email fight. <laughs> so instead, set a date and time talk to the person in a calm way, use the seven tips that I provided in this episode about how to talk to an angry person in person. Um, and, and that way you can kind of control the conversation a little bit and, and come up with a solution, hopefully. Okay. If you're really feeling concerned about it, talk to someone who knows the situation, who can help guide you with how to respond. Um, not necessarily another teacher, never talk to another teacher about teachers on your campus because that just creates a lot of discord and gossip and favorites and you don't want to get involved in that. You probably don't want to share it with your administrator unless you feel like you need to because sometimes you do. But if you can find somebody who knows you and you can explain the situation and ask, how could I respond? Sometimes having that third party perspective is helpful. Um, A coach at a different school or in a different district or long distance. And that way you're not going to share any information about any way that they can recognize. So definitely create your virtual um, coaching network. And that way you have somebody to bounce ideas off of when, when times get tough. So... I definitely want you to make sure that you check in on your on the Coaching Resistant Teachers uh, five-day challenge because I think that's really going to give you a lot of great tools. And I want you to make sure that your takeaway from this episode is that you can still uh, send a, a relationship with a teacher that maybe is going badly. You can send it in a different direction by responding in an appropriate way. We can't respond in the same way that we are attacked. Okay, we have to keep our cool. 
We have to stay calm. We have to know our triggers and we have to respond in a respectful way because we are held to that standard as coaches. So my next step for you, make sure you sign up for the Coaching Resistant Teachers 5-Day Challenge because it's going to give you the tools you need to move from relationships in which teachers are angry and yelling at you (laughs) into having a real relationship with teachers so you can actually get some coaching work done together, okay? Um, So check out that uh, that, uh, opportunity that I have for you online. It is free. It is great content, and I know it's going to be supportive of you. Um, I hope you don't have any teachers who are yelling at you, but just in case you do, is going to give you the tools to deal with it. So have a great week between now and next week. Whenever I talk to you again, next week, we're going to share um, the Enneagram for instructional coaches. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, I want you to go search for that between now and then check out Enneagram and coffee, the account on Instagram. It is super cool. And um, I'm going to be able to talk to her for my next episode. So I cannot wait to share that with you. Happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.